Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Camping season is just around the corner, so in a few minutes, we'll talk with Parks Canada on how to get your camping spot reserved and what you need to know about this year's camping season. Plus, we'll visit the Malcolm Hotel in Canmore, Alberta, see what activities they have planned for the spring and summer. And later in the show, we'll announce the next winner in our bucket list contest with Trafalgar Tours. Wolf Ponick, president of Trafalgar Canada, will be joining us to help us do that. But as I mentioned, camping season will be starting up soon. So to begin this week's podcast, we're going to get some tips on how to reserve your camping spot in one of Canada's national parks and find out what you need to know this year. So joining us to give us some advice is Francois Duclos. He is the manager of Visitor Experience Infrastructures with Parks Canada. Their website is pc.gc.ca. Hi, Francois. Hello. Nice to be with you today. Well, let's talk about uh, camping season. It's that time of year again, and the uh, Parks Canada website has, uh, it's really laid out quite nicely. Camping 101, what to know before staying the night. It's on the website pc.gc.ca. But let's talk about the three different types of uh, camping. This I did not know. Front country camping, back country camping, and comfort camping, which is the kind of camping I like, by the way. But uh, let's let's, uh, just talk about the differences. Absolutely, absolutely. So front country camping is basically the one we all know. It's the one when you can drive in with your car, park, close to your campsite, settle down, put up your tent, uh, take out your dishes and your pots and your pan and your stove and just settle on your campsite. Typically in the front country, you have neighbors, that is other campsites nearby, and and you share facilities with other people like kitchen shelters, like washrooms, sometimes communal fire uh, pits and and so on. Backcountry is more of a rugged experience. It's a place where you have to walk in either a few kilometers or a few tens of kilometers sometimes. You're autonomous, no energy, most of the time, no water. You need to pack in every single thing you need and then pack out garbage and everything in order not to leave anything behind you. Comfort camping is a more of a newer thing. Well, not sure it's that new anymore. It's a bit of a 15-year-old phenomenon that appeared in Canada. Some people call it glamping. But what it really is, is we took the spirit of camping, which is to be in the nature, to be in the wild environment, Uh, which is also to share uh, with the community around you, but we added a little layer of comfort to it. So we added basically structures in which you find real beds with real mattresses. You have a comfortable shelter in case the weather is not collaborating with you. Um, You're also sheltered from mosquitoes. But, you know, you you still have to rough it in a little bit. You still have uh, to walk to your your washroom, to walk to your shower. So you still share this this spirit of of community that that camping is all about. That's my kind of camping, like I said, Francois. Uh, (laughs) uh, Is it different um, type of reservation for the different type of camping, or is it all done by the same kind of system? Well, the vast majority of the inventory that Parks Canada manages is on the same website. So that's the beauty of it, is you log on that website, you create your account, you get ready for the launch date, you figure out where you might want to go, and you'll find the vast majority of the inventory there. That is front country camping, 
also comfort camping, and some of the backcountry camping. What I want to note is that some of the backcountry camping, part of the inventory is on a first-arrived, first-served basis, or some of it is also managed locally due to uh, safety uh, issues because some parks, in some parks, you might deal with wildlife you're not used to. So we want to make sure that before you head out to backcountry camping for a day or two, we want to make sure that you're safe. We want to make sure that you have the proper equipment, that you have the proper information to be ready to do so. So when can people start reserving uh, the spot they're looking for and how does it work? You mentioned just go online. I guess it's just as simple as that, isn't it? Well, it's almost as simple as that, and it's coming soon. Just in a, a couple of days in April, uh, we'll start gradually opening up uh, different parks, different sites for uh, reservation. You do have to go on the website. Alternatively, you can call in the reservation line. It's one eight seven seven reserve one eight seven seven reserve And what happens basically is that we do not open all of the parks, all of the sites at the same time, because it was it would basically crash the website. Mm -hmm. Demand is very, very high this year. So we need to manage that uh, carefully. So starting on April 6th, the first couple of places will open. My recommendation is pretty simple. Plan ahead of time. Go on the website before it opens. Figure out where you want to go and when we open for reservation at, at what time. Then make sure your account is created on the website. Make sure you're comfortable with the website itself so that you know where to go when time comes to reserve. Alternatively, you can call in. We have people standing by from the very same time, from the very same date, and you can talk to people to make your reservations. Uh, So is there anything new due to COVID that people should know for this summer? Yes, absolutely. Well, it's a second summer. So we've had one summer of of experience Mm -hmm. in that context, and it's actually been a great summer. It's been very busy. It's been overall very, very, very positive. Having said that, I have three advice for people. First of all, plan. Second, prepare. And third, double check. (laughs) (laughs) Things change fast, right? We have implemented all the measures that all of us know about right now. You know, we we put in place measures that favor physical distancing. We, we've improved uh, hygiene of, of the places. We've, we've also implemented personal hygiene measures. So we all, we, we're now all comfortable and we all know these things. Having said that, things can change. And Canada is a huge country, so things can change at one end, but not at the other. And Parks Canada operates in every single jurisdiction across the country. So first of all, plan ahead of time. Have a plan A, make your reservation. If you don't get the place that you wanted, have a plan B. We have tons of hidden gems across the country that you would also enjoy visiting. Second, prepare. Go to the Parks Canada 101 or Camping 101 camps, uh, website. Yeah, campsite, yes, there you go. <laughs> and then prepare. Look at all the checklists there. Make sure that you're ready. And third, double check. In the days and the weeks before you travel, make sure that the uh, authorities, the public uh, health authorities, have not issued additional uh, restrictions or have not issued additional restrictions to travelers between regions or, or other measures. And come, please, come visit Ready. We want you to come. We want you to have a positive experience. And the best way to do so is to come ready and prepared. Camping 101, what to know before staying the night is on the Parks Canada website, pc.gc.ca. And Francois Duclos is the manager of visitor experience infrastructures for Parks Canada. Some great tips, Francois. Here's to a, a great summer. Thank you.
Well, if you're looking for a short getaway or some ideas for a summer trip down the road, how about spending a few nights in the Malcolm Hotel in Canmore, Alberta? So here now to tell us more about the Malcolm Hotel is the general manager, Andrew Shepard. Their website, by the way, is malcolmhotel.ca. Hi, Andrew. Hello, Randy. How's your day so far? So far, so good. No complaints. Uh, Give me the story of the Malcolm Hotel, though. Well, you know, the Malcolm Hotel is, uh, is, has, has got a, an interesting story. It, it starts with the history of a dairy farm. It starts with history in the name of a town. And it also made a mention in, uh, in Shakespeare's Macbeth, actually. So the Malcolm Hotel was the first traditional four-star hotel built in the last 20 years in Canmore. Um, it, it's absolutely stunning. Named after King Malcolm III, um, who is the same Malcolm that was in uh, Shakespeare's famous uh, story, Macbeth. Oh, cool. So um, Frank Kernick uh, is the owner of Spring Creek, and uh, he is the owner of the Malcolm, of course. His family had the land in the, since the early 1900s. It used to be a dairy farm, and back then, milk cost 25 cents a quart. would be nice to have that these days. <laughs> yes. So, um, the uh, Frank uh, purchased the land from his uh, family in, I think it was around the early 2000s, and since then, the vision of Spring Creek is uh, absolutely amazing. And it's uh, about two or three minutes from downtown. So our location is outstanding for, uh, for all of Canmore. Uh, it's certainly been, been a struggle this past year for the uh, hospitality industry in general. How has the Malcolm Hotel fared through it all, though? Malcolm Hotel is, um, you know, we made some decisions. And um, those decisions, I, I think, really paid off, and, and, and not in, in the sense of uh, revenue. We didn't do it for the revenue. We did it for the community. And so, you know, in about, I believe it was February, March, uh, when everything kind of happened in 2020, and then in uh, April and May, we, we made the, the conscious, the social decision to actually close the doors of the Malcolm for two months. And in that time, we thought, what can we do? You know, we saw a lot of our friends and colleagues and, and community members being laid off from their jobs because nobody was moving. Mm-hmm. And so when we closed the hotel down, we said, we got to do something. I still had uh, a few staff uh, remain uh, with me. And uh, so we said, well, everybody likes soup. Let's make soup. And so we created a program called Soup for the Soul. And uh, Chef and I, it was nice for myself to get back into the kitchen. And um, Chef and I made about 100, 120 liters of soup and about 100, 120 loaves of bread um, every day. And wow. We, we had it in the lobby available for anybody to come and pick it up. All we asked was for a small donation to the uh, Bow Valley Food Bank right in Canmore. And when it was all said and done, uh, we had served um, soup for about two months straight every single day. And we collected over $12,000 uh, in, uh, in a donation for the food bank. Um, and because of that, because the community was always coming in, we supported them in their time of need. When the doors did open again on the Malcolm, the community came right back in and said, you supported us, we support you. Nice. And so it was a, a very uh, a good side effect mm-hmm. of what we tried to do. In saying that, we're actually um, going to be um, doing a soup for the soul again for one day, just to kind of help out the food bank um, yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's we're going to do that uh, coming up on uh, the first Wednesday of April of every uh, every year. And, uh, you know, it's just it's our way to say thank you to the community and, and to uh, help out where we can. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. Uh, what's it like to stay at the Malcolm Hotel now? What restrictions do you have in place and what should people know? 
Well, we do. Um, our, our pool is still not fully open. Um, Alberta Health and Alberta Health Services is, is uh, quite strict on the rules, as, as we all know. Um, and we, won't, we want to be part of the solution. So we're, we're really adhering to every single standard. And not only that, but we're actually beating most of them. So when the Malcolm first closed down, we uh, teamed up with Ecolab, who's a, a global supplier of uh, chemical products, cleaning products, everything else. And we said, we want to do this right the first time. Can you come in and inspect our property, work with our housekeepers, work with our kitchen, work with everybody, and show us how to spray things down, what chemical to use, how long of the duration, what rags to use, everything, and how often should we be doing it? Mm-hmm. And we were one of the first hotels in Canmore to do that. And as a result of that, we were endorsed by Ecolab, which is a, a huge company. And then we also received our, our World Travel Safe Award as well, uh, meaning that we're, we're basically approved um, by a world foundation as a, as a very, very clean place to be uh, during the COVID times. So with those things, we, we feel that we've done kind of everything that there is to do. Having said that, the Malcolm Hotel is usually very, very famous for conferences, conferences, weddings, uh, large group gatherings. Um, that's where we really shine. Um, having said that, it's a no-go right now mm-hmm. um, with the current current state of affairs from, from the government and, and uh, this uh, this COVID thing. So in, in saying that, we, we still get calls every day. We've had many of our, our large um, executive um, companies have postponed three, four, and five times. Um, and so with that, we're, we're just waiting to be able to open up again to have a safe place for people to actually have face-to-face meetings because, let's be honest, how, how tired are all of us getting of these Zoom meetings? Um, <laughs> exactly, so, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're correct. We're all a little tired of it and we're just waiting. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, so for the, 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 wedding, the weddings follow the same kind of uh, um, path, of course. We've had weddings, you know, we can do weddings uh, and conferences up to... Uh, Two, three hundred people, and so when you have a wedding of three hundred people, it really doesn't look like we're going to be able to host those anytime soon. So they reduce to one hundred and fifty, and then they reduce to a hundred, and then they reduce to fifty, and then they reduce to ten. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine a, a bride and groom trying to tell you know Aunt Martha that she got cut off the list because they're only allowed ten people. Yeah, for at sure. The wedding, so a lot of uh, decisions have to be made, but we still do have a, a few spots left for weddings and. And that, but uh, I can tell you, we have a, a waiting list on the popular weekends of five or six weddings on every weekend. But there are still a few spots left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't had the chance to uh, stay at the Malcolm Hotel. Tell me about the rooms and uh, some of the amenities you offer. Well, uh, the Malcolm Hotel, obviously, it's uh, you know two or three minutes walk from downtown Canmore, um, and uh, all the rooms. If you've ever been to Canmore, you know Canmore is situated in, in a, a beautiful valley, mountains on both sides. So. 98% of Malcolm's rooms are mountain view in some way or the other. Um, there are, uh, we have over 14 room categories. We have your regular standard queen beds um, right up to a, a three sisters mountain view king suite. Um, those rooms are quite large, um, you know, his and her sinks and a uh, full uh, living area. They're, uh, they're an excellent uh, place to be. We have a, an option called a king's chamber dinner where we do fine dining room service right in your room. Um, the uh, waiter comes up, the sommelier comes up, the chef comes and says hello uh, for brief periods just to introduce the food. 
and it uh, is absolutely outstanding. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, so let's look ahead a little bit to spring and summer. I know uh, we're all waiting, um, waiting for the restrictions to lift so we can do more things. But uh, any activities do you have sort of planned down the road, if and when, for your guests to look forward to? Well, you know, the activities never stop in Canmore, and there's <laughs> absolutely something for, for everyone, if, whether you're one-year-old or 100 years old. Um, you know, everything everything goes in, in our own kind of Albertan kind of way. Um, if you look, you will find. So, you know, alpine walking is, a, is an outstanding thing that can be done year-round um, for any age, um, and all the way up to ice climbing, if you really want to do that. Um, obviously, the, the Canmore Nordic Centre um, has been open um, for skiing, for snowshoeing, for fat biking. Um, we, we have uh, so many things available. Um, White Mountain Adventures offers amazing snowshoeing and hiking, uh, guided tours, which are, are still allowed to be done because they're an outdoor activity. Um, there's pond skating. Um, and you know what? Let's not forget there's, there's caving. Um, you know, Adam Walk at Canmore Cave Tours does just an amazing tour, and you can do it when it's minus 30 or plus 30 because you actually go underground into the caves and the caves supposedly adam tells me that they stretch all the way to banff almost and they're they're exploring them day by day really so i mean there's there's always something to do and we can find the activity that suits you the best um and that's kind of how we look you know one thing i forgot to mention about the hotel and the amenities is that um we're actually uh, uh we were a sustainable tourism finalist uh, a couple of years ago um We've been awarded the four green key award. Uh, we have geothermal systems, LED lighting, um, and the list goes on for these initiatives. And that's just one other way that we're very, very much different than every other place in Canmore. Andrew Shepard is the uh, general manager of the Malcolm Hotel. MalcolmHotel.ca is the website. Uh, thanks for your time, Andrew. Here's for uh, a good summer. Absolutely, Randy. Thank you very much. We hope to see you in Canmore soon. Well, if you're a regular listener to the radio show or podcast or follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you'll know that we have teamed up with Trafalgar Canada for the past few months with our Bucket List Trip Contest. It's where we want you to tell us what your bucket list trip is, and you could win a $300 travel voucher from Trafalgar Tours. So congratulations to Robert Jackal. And Robert's bucket list trip that he sent in to us is Argentina. So what happens now is that Robert wins a $300 future travel voucher from Trafalgar Canada to be used on any Trafalgar tour. It could be his bucket list trip or it could be any trip that Trafalgar Tour has. And here now to talk about visiting Argentina with Trafalgar's Wonders of Patagonia Tour is Wolf Pontic, president of Trafalgar Canada. Hello again, Wolf. Hello, Randy. Nice to chat with you again. Uh, we have our second winner of our bucket list contest, and he is Robert Jackal, and his bucket list trip is Argentina, which I think would just be fantastic. Uh, first of all, uh, congratulations to Robert. I have to commend his taste. Argentina is indeed a phenomenal country. I've been several times, and I would say that it is at close to the top of my uh, most favorite countries. 
I would say it's close to the top of my bucket list too. But before we get to the wonders of Patagonia, that's one of the tours that uh, Trafalgar offers to Argentina and uh, Chile. Uh, do you have any uh, updates or anything that's going on that you can share with us? Uh, there are some updates and there are some good news that I am delighted to share with you and our listeners Uh, We have operated uh, a program in Egypt, and we got news uh, and and response from our guests who uh, traveled to Egypt with Trafalgar, and they were absolutely delighted. It was actually a father and a daughter uh, traveling together, because in Egypt we can operate as, as small as a couple of people, and they will get the exact Trafalgar service with all the Be My Guest, all the attraction, all the local specialists. And the most important thing they said was that they felt really treated like kings because, you know, local hosts were so delighted to see visitors come. Oh, I bet. And secondly, all of the sites, the Valley of the Kings, Luxor, uh, Giza, the pyramids, they were actually able to climb inside the pyramid, which is like a super treat. So very fortunate the testing was organized. They got tested before, when arriving there, on the way back. No issues. Enjoyed it immensely. And I would like to uh, mention it because we all know Egypt is really one of those destinations that certainly fit the definition of a bucket list. For sure. The other thing, Randy, um, Greece is planning to open May the 14th. So certainly uh, we are looking forward to seeing uh how is that going to go? Because we have beautiful programs to Greece with Trafalgar and Cost Saver. And Spain is uh, talking to opening to the UK travelers. And we hope that that will expand further down the road, especially as the vaccinations progressing in Canada and things seem to be going according to the plan of the health authorities in our country and in different provinces. So great news, Randy. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my excitement and my pleasure for trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, exactly. I think we all need a little good news uh, when it comes to... It's been been a long haul with the uh, pandemic and especially in the travel industry. Let's talk about the wonders of Patagonia now. Wonders of Patagonia, it is a gem of a program, and as I, as I said, Robert has a great taste. Our program starts in Buenos Aires, where we stay for two nights. It is really a nice overnight flight uh, from Canada to Buenos Aires, depending on how is one connecting. There was a direct uh, back in the day with Air Canada. And Buenos Aires is uh, really called, with reason, uh, Paris of South America. It is a city with unbelievably rich history and beautiful neighborhoods and beautiful stories and um, uh, the history of Argentinian literature, the history of tango, the history of soccer or football in Argentina, which is bigger than life. Mm -hmm. And clearly the cuisine, I believe that the best beef and meat product I have ever tasted anywhere, but especially beef and Argentinian specific cut of beef and their asado or or barbecue, uh, that is beyond belief. So we stay in the downtown Buenos Aires. We have travel director. We have well-being director for the groups uh, if they are larger than 20 uh, travelers. 
And we have local specialists, so the sightseeing of Buenos Aires, the visit to Evita Peron's uh, resting place in Recoleta Cemetery, the uh, tango experience with dinner at Viejo Almacen, and a whole load of different little things are included. But my favorite, and I've experienced it personally, is our Be My Guest, where we are hosted by a family in their beautiful shotgun house in uh, Palermo, Soho. Palermo is a part of Buenos Aires. There are two Palermos. There's Palermo Hollywood, which is a little bit newer, mm-hmm. and Palermo Soho, which is kind of the um, center of bohemian and art life of Buenos Aires in the 20th century. So we're hosted by two sisters and their partners, and they uh, showcase uh, to our guests uh, how they prepare uh, bread, how they prepare beautiful, typical Argentinian stew. We have some sampling. We work with uh, one of the sisters, and one of them is a medical doctor. The other one was playing uh, soccer for for Argentinian national team and is also involved in medical studies. And uh, then they give us a demonstration of tango because their partners are excellent tango dancers, so are the sisters. The house is very old-style, typical Palermo Soho house with beautiful artwork, wonderful garden. And in addition to the musical experience of tango, to nice chat with true Argentinians, Porteños is the name for the uh, people from Buenos Aires. We also uh, do the mate ceremony, as you may know, and many of our our listeners know, mate is the drink of the day in uh, many parts of South America, more popular than either tea or coffee. So that's Buenos Aires to get started. But what is really the key point of this uh, this program is flying down south. It's about 2,800 kilometers from uh, from Buenos Aires, flying down south to Ushuaia, which is practically at the end of the world or mm-hmm. the southernmost part of South America. And it is an entrance to Tierra del Fuego National Park. And landscape of Patagonia is extraordinary. I think it's very difficult for me uh, to, to describe it, I was recently watching a series on Netflix. It's a documentary, mm-hmm. and it is uh, called The Andes. And the Andes actually start in Tierra del Fuego National Park and go all the way to Colombia. So they're like the spine of South America. So, you know, take Tierra del Fuego National Park. Uh, that's the border between Argentina and Chile. That's mm-hmm. where the continent is at its narrowest. And you can imagine that the landscapes, the vistas, the wildlife, the condor, the most majestic and the biggest of, of all the birds, the beauty, uh, the views over Beagle Channel, uh, the lakes, that is really something something to behold. Not that we don't have a similar beauty in, in our country, but certainly a very different uh, type of very dramatic uh, landscape and mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Ushuaia, after we have explored uh, Tierra del Fuego National Park, we go to El Calafate. El Calafate is a small town on the uh, Lake uh, Argentina. 
and uh, we spent some time there. Again, it is this is primarily a uh, b- natural beauty and impressiveness of that way because both Ushuaia and Kawapate, those are younger settlements, early 20th century. Ushuaia was actually built around a prison. Kawapate started living up when the National Park, uh, Los Glaciares, became uh, visited and popular and discovered. And uh, from there, in, in El Calafate, we continue to explore Torres del Paine, the, the Glaciares. And then we go from Argentina, from that narrow part of Argentina, we cross into Chile, into Puerto Natales, a beautiful place, again, on the channel. It's a small port town. And that's where we explore Balmaceda, uh, Serrano Glaciers. So there's a lot of excursions, a lot of hiking, because that's the only way, and we certainly do uh, drives on the coach, scenic drives where we have infrastructure, but there is a lot of opportunities to meet with local people, local specialists, and to appreciate local wildlife, local businesses. And it is a very popular area um, globally, a very popular with European travelers, with Germans in particular. So it is a very, very international area in terms of, of uh, who does it draw to to visit? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> there's there's so much to to chat about for this, um, and we're running out of time. But um, what's included? I, I, you're mentioning there's a lot of hiking and things. Do I have to be kind of a fit person to to enjoy this tour? I'd say you'd you'd, you'd need to be reasonably fit to walk shorter distances, and uh, certainly we are sensitive if any of our guests has difficulty. And we would find alternative uh, approaches to it. But yes, I'd say if you're walking as, as your daily routine, you can manage this, uh, this program. It is 11 days, goes to two countries, goes to different uh, six different cities, uh, 10 overnight accommodation in first class, supremely located hotels. We have 21 meals, 10 breakfast, four lunches. Uh, including our Be My Guest experience at Palermo Soho. We have seven dinners and all of the transportation, and it does vary because this is coach, uh, flying, uh, then smaller vehicles when visiting national parks, uh, train eventually, all those are, are included in the price of this beautiful Argentina, Wonders of Patagonia, Argentina and Chile program. And you can find uh, all the information on the Trafalgar website, again, trafalgar.com. Wolf, I wish we had more time so we could uh, dive into it further, but it sounds like a fantastic trip. So again, congratulations to Robert Jackal. He is our latest winner of our bucket list trip. His uh, bucket list uh, trip was to Argentina, and uh, Argentina is part of the Wonders of Patagonia trip with Trafalgar. So congratulations to Robert. And uh, always a pleasure to chat, Wolf. Uh, We'll chat within a month, okay? Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Robert. All the best. So now if you want to enter your name for our next draw, just go to our website, theinformedtraveler.org. Click on the Trafalgar logo. That'll take you to the contest page. Just fill out the form and your name is entered. Our prize, as we mentioned, is a $300 travel voucher from Trafalgar Canada to be used on any Trafalgar tour. So make sure you enter. you got nothing to lose. And our next draw is coming up April 25th. 
And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveler.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.